Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Hey everybody, welcome to Gross Anatomy. And I am Dr. Jason Cohen. I am Raya O'Neill. And today we have a very special guest. We have very special guest. Very special. We have Jack Della Femina. How we doing? What's up, Doc? What's up, Jack? <laughs> I don't want to use that you one got for it? a while. Coming. You've been planning on doing that one? For a while. <laughs> and there you go. There you go. You got it. Um, there's a lot going on. There's so much going on. And and you are in your Bravo Toast hat. I am. I am. I had to represent uh, my new business, a uh, cafe that me and my best friend started uh, in West Hollywood. Um, yeah, we just opened a few months ago, but we have great hats, as you can see. It is a very cool hat. How come I don't have a hat? We got to get you one. You, you got a new shipment coming soon. Yeah. And th- there's a lot of stuff I actually wanted to, to pick your brain about. I, I, you know, your, your, your last name is a pretty famous last name. It's in uh yeah in the advertising world. The last name Toast is a pretty no, that, that, famous that, that, last yeah. name. No, no, Delphamina is a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty like I I had heard that name and I and I put two and two together and realized that that your grandfather was Jerry Delphina. Delphamina, right? Jerry still alive and kicking it. Is right. Yes. My apologies. Is. And he's, well, both from advertising and also restaurants, right? Yeah, yeah. He had a, he's had a number of uh, different things over the years outside of advertising. Um, But yeah, he had a very famous restaurant in East Hampton, New York for many years. Uh, He also had a deli out there called the Red Horse Market. Um, that was that did well, and he had a little news at a town newspaper as well called the Independent in East Hampton. Wow! Um, and I must and I was never really a Hamptons guy. I, I was not so lucky that to, uh, later in life I had some friends who would do like the timeshare house thing in the summer. So I would occasionally I'd get to you know crash on someone's you know eighth of a share and and spend a little time out in the Hamptons. But I never really did the Hamptons much. So so to me, I I never. I didn't know anything really about your grandfather other than occasionally I loved reading the New York post and occasionally like his name would appear not in a bad yeah. way, but in a good way in the New York. He post. had a column uh, for many years in the, in the post as well. Oh, that, did he? Uh, yeah, he did. He did. He, I don't know what year it was, but he, tr- he it wasn't in the post any longer, but it was still in his paper and he still writes it actually on his Facebook page. Uh, so Jerry's Inc. is still still alive and well. And, and what out. is a column about? Is it is it about food? Is it about it, New York? it would just be like commentary, uh, his thoughts. I mean, he was a, he is a creative guy, and everything from stuff from his his parents and his grandparents growing up in Brooklyn and New York to current stuff going on, jokes. Um, definitely all over the spectrum in terms of like what you could see in the, in terms of content, yeah. uh, recipe, re- everything from family recipes to, you know, political satire. And, and, um, we, we don't have to keep telling you about him all the whole thing, but, but I was a big, I, Ray, I don't know if you know this, that, um, a TV show that I loved, uh, 
Mad Men, right? Mad, Mad Men. Yeah, <laughs> not Mad Men. Not Mad Men. Yeah, that, that's what I. That's why I, I said it slowly. I thought to myself, "Is it the marijuana plate?" No, it, it's it's Mad Men. Wasn't that somewhat based a little bit on your grandfather? Yeah, he wrote a uh, a very he wrote a New York Times bestseller uh, in the. I think it came out in the seventies, um, and that was the base. It was all about the inside of the advertising industry, which in the seventies was like the hot industry of its time, like real estate is today, or uh, you know, tech is or today. Bravo toast, right, right. Uh, but advertising was like the hot industry. All the you know people in that industry were, were huge, and he wrote a book about kind of how it worked. Talked about uh, how they everything from when it was the fifties to when it did in the seventies is when humor kind of became an element in it. Um, and they lived a crazy time and he had like a crazy advertising agency. And those stories though, became the basis of why they did this show on the advertising industry in the first place is uh, yeah. the legend goes. Did you see, have, have, have you, either of you watched the, the show? Um, I've seen a few episodes. Yeah, me too. But I was going to say, speaking of Mad Men, um, I'm a frequent customer and friends and family, as you know, of Bravo Toast. And I must say, I have seen a very important, famous star of the show at Bravo Toast multiple times. Right. I, I've heard that that uh, that someone has frequented the store many times. It, yeah. Is there just like a doctor isn't allowed to tell who who his patients are? Is, are you allowed to tell who your customers and clients are or is there the same You've got kind of confidentiality there's hippo rules we, we, we try to uh we tr- we try to keep it cool with you know our, our our clientele and we try not to uh expose them and and their in their spots that they go to but uh you know how you know who it is how do you know you got to show up and get a toast. That's the only way to find it. <laughs> Ooh, I like out. that. If you hang out long enough, you'll definitely see someone there. And there you go. You may even see Ray O'Neill from the Hamptons. Ding, if ding, we're ding. Lucky. If we're lucky. And there you go. And so, so what made you go the restaurant route instead of the advertising route? Um, well, I gr- growing up, I didn't really know what my grandfather did. Uh, I saw him out. We would go out to eat and he had a restaurant and he loved to cook. And so I, if you asked me when I was a kid what he did, I'd probably say he was a cook or <laughs> you know, in the restaurant business. Um, and so that was kind of like the first first time being exposed to it and it just felt normal. And I loved seeing it and being in restaurants. I mean, that was kind of always been a passion of mine. And I was doing real estate prior to doing this, which again, is is in the world of like, you know, it's the hot industry to be in. and uh, but. That's why I kind of got into the restaurant business. I mean, it kind of fell into my lap. It didn't, wasn't something I necessarily wanted to do before this, but uh, it just kind of coincidence and opportunity was there. And so uh, I said, why not? I love going out to eat and I love being around the business. But if you asked me a few years ago, never would have thought I'd be in, in the restaurant business, let alone owning a space or yeah. running a space. Did you, did you ever work in your grandfather's places at all? I did when I was very little. I was probably 14. One summer, I worked in there a little bit. I uh, did that a few times. And my dad has a couple restaurants uh, that I worked in very briefly. But uh, I definitely don't have much experience uh, in the restaurant business. Very little. Where, where are your dad's restaurants? It's, uh, he has a place called Croft Alley. And they have a location in Beverly Hills and in West Hollywood. 
where Bravo Toast got its start actually as a pop-up at their uh, the West Hollywood location. Did you work there prior to Bravo Toast ever also? A, a little bit, yeah. I had gotten fired a few times uh, throughout the process. <laughs> um, but uh, that was one reason why I was like, I never wanted to be in the restaurant business was I hated working in them, um, which is why I did real estate. So I was like, oh, it's the farthest thing from the restaurant business. But at the same time, I ended up kind of working with a lot of restaurants, doing leasing. And you know, it was all, I was the first one to jump at an excuse to get lunch anywhere in the city. So, <laughs> so what... Um... You know, I'm all about movies and TV and stuff like that. So, so do you have a favorite movie that involves like chefs or cooking or restaurants or or? There's TV? not that. There's not that many out there. So, like, in terms of movies, so they're all. I love them all. Ratatouille, Chef. I mean, those are two classics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ratatouille. Love Ratatouille. Yeah, Ratatouille is amazing. Kidding. It is an amazing movie. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I'm a I'm a big Stanley Tucci fan also, and he's a big foodie. I haven't watched any of his. He has his own kind of food show now. I, have Have you seen? Yeah, any of those? It, it's kind of the new um, Anthony Bourdain esque. I think you know CNN's trying to uh, kind of create a new one, but Anthony Bourdain show obviously his his shows right. were huge, huge inspiration. I mean, I've watched this through countless times. Man. Yeah, and Great Stanley stuff. Tucci, I think he wrote maybe directed and starred in a movie called I think it was called Big Night about they own this Italian restaurant and I it may have been about their opening night and I I one of my partners Dr. Leo Gordon who's been a guest on the podcast before who's kind of a mentor just an amazing friend years ago gave me that movie to watch and uh it, gotta it's check it fun, out yeah it's a fun interesting movie as a, certainly as a restaurant person like you are you should you should definitely see it and and stanley tucci is definitely in it as well and it's it's a fun movie i definitely recommend it oh yeah I'll definitely check that out it's cool so growing up did you like when you were in high school and college did you what, what did you yeah think you i worked uh well i had worked in a at a mex in a mexican restaurant in uh westwood when i was in high school for a little bit uh definitely one of the hardest jobs i ever had but i think it was my first job really Doing ever, what? outside of I mean, it was like a Chipotle knockoff. So right. <laughs> everything from grilling chicken to uh, working the line, making burritos. Um, not the most fun. Uh, again, another reason why I was like, I got to do, I got to go to college or something, do something different. And you were, you were doing that because just to have a job or yeah, you were interested just, in the just food Just to have business? a job. I was probably, yeah, I was probably 16 and my parents were like, get a job. It'd be good for you. So right. <laughs> it was, any, it was any job. I think I did it. Probably about six months. Uh, oh, nice. I saved saved enough money for Coachella, and then uh, I quit after I got my ticket. So. <laughs> uh, did you go to Coachella this year? Not this year. Not this year. I had gone uh, for many years growing up. Though I mean, since like yeah, since since around that time. Since you were sixteen, you went to Coachella. Yeah, I've gone uh, every year since I was probably six, since like twenty twelve. So like, yeah. You know, I'm I'm I don't know if I'm proud or embarrassed that. My daughter Liat, who's a friend of yours, um, are you guys the same age actually? Yeah, or same year? Yeah. yeah so yeah. she also, I think, has been going to Coachella or had been going to Coachella since she was a young teen. And I don't know if that's something I should be proud of as a dad, letting his kid go to Coachella, <laughs> or or kind of embarrassed that I was like, oh yeah, go to Coachella, my fifteen year old. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, looking man? back, 
looking back, I can't believe that my parents let me go. I was like, you know, it was my medicine 15 even, yeah, exactly. uh, which se- seems crazy. But um, I mean, again, I think it, we were both going me and Liat uh, before it was cool, so to speak. Right. Back then yeah. it was, it was still cool, but like it wasn't as big of a pr- production as it is today. And before everybody dressed up, you know, to have a certain kind of look. I think we already talked about that, Rhea, didn't we? About the whole uh, the whole Coachella outfit and everything. It used to be cool, like Bohemian chic, and now it's like Euphoria Gladiator. Euphoria Gladiator, exactly. Exactly. I, I I used to go to Coachella when you could sneak in. I'd, 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 I'd snuck in a few times. I mean, this is wow. Like, you could you could have snuck into Coachella. Mm-hmm. I know people that would sneak in like every year until uh, and then security obviously is much more heightened the last few years. But yeah, uh, it was uh, yeah, it was much more easy going. So so uh, what did you go to college for? What was what were I you went studying to, in college? So I went to, uh, after high school, I went to Indiana University for a semester uh, studying business. I got, they had a great business school. I was a big fan of Mark Cuban, and I always wanted to start a business, but didn't know what. Wait, does so, Mark Cuban have something to do with Indiana University? I'm a little naive. He, he, he's probably their most famous alumni. And okay. Like, yeah, yeah. He's big, big, Cohen. So, uh, you knew that Mark Cuban went to Indiana? Yes. Do you watch um, Shark Tank? Occasionally, why he talks about Indiana on Shark Tank? You know he's a he's a shark on Shark Tank. Yes, no, I know oh. that, but I never, but I've never heard him talk about where he went to college on Shark Tank. I don't know. I just feel like everybody knew, knew that. Okay. It's, 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 yeah. Sorry. Carry on. Carry on. John. Wait, but but actually, let's That's back up a little start. bit because I remember you told me in high school you actually took, uh, or or actually Lucas, who's your who's another friend of yours, who's who's dating my daughter told me that I, I, you guys, Jack, told me that you took some business class in high school, right? That Well, that's when uh, my co-founder and I really became friends was taking entrepreneurship together in high school, taught by the gym teacher. Right. <laughs> and, and I mentioned that, that you guys told me that to Lucas. And he's like, yeah, I think the whole time, or maybe you guys told me it, the whole time we basically watched Shark Tank. Exactly. Yeah, it was, a, I think even the final was like, a question could have been, where'd Mark Cuban go to college? <laughs> <laughs> so, that's funny. So that yeah. was that one of the reasons why you chose Indiana? Yeah, definitely. I, I wanted to I wanted to go to business school. And I, uh, I, I'm originally from New York and I grew up in Los Angeles. So I had never experienced anything outside of what uh, NYU or like a, a UCLA is really. Um, so I was never something different. And... Yeah, when I got there, I didn't really take a trip there. Uh, I really kind of showed up for the first day. Um, and it was definitely different than anything I'd experienced. And it was fun. However, I knew that I w- didn't want to be there for four years. Why? And just, I mean, I'm from LA and New York, and it just wasn't, uh, I'm a foodie, end of the day. Like, I live for food. Right. And Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana. Wasn't they don't have me. they don't have food there. I mean, I'm the type of guy that will drive 30 minutes for an egg sandwich into like East East LA or like you know, I'll go on missions for a great cup of coffee. So wow. they, Bloomington wasn't uh, wasn't doing it for me in that realm, but it was a lot of fun. Um, but I wanted to do real estate as well, and I got my real estate license while I was studying there um, to convince my parents to let me come home 
to, I said, Hey, I'll, I'm going to get my real estate license in California and I'm going to become a real estate agent and drop um, out of school and drop, and drop out, of out of school. That was my plan. They said, okay, to everything, but you have to take classes at the community college if uh, you want to do this. And so I passed, I Thanksgiving break, I came back to, I flew back to home to LA and took my test and passed. And I got a job at a, like interning at a real estate broker. Wait, you didn't even finish the semester? I, I went back, but I got, I had the interview. I was scheduling interviews while like in my classes still. Right. Um, and I went and I would come back for Thanksgiving and I took the test and I passed and I had a couple interviews and, um, and I finished the semester out and then, yeah, I came back to LA and started working and doing community college from there. I didn't really know what to do, but, uh, I was like, yeah, you know, a lot of USC sounds cool. You know, they have a good, good business program and the real estate program there really appealed to me as well. It's one of the only schools with a real estate program. And I applied, was rejected. Really? Um, almost. Yeah. First time right off the bat rejected. It's like, oh no. Stay in school though. Applied again the next year. Was again rejected. Wow! And I actually appealed it. So for a third time, applied again, and I got in on an appeal uh, as like a spring admin or something. But that's a it was great story. Not a, yeah, it was not a straight shot. You know, um, I think I even put like I was going for this big real estate job at the time too, and I even put on that I, that I. Uh, I had gone into USC's real estate program and then for USC's application, I put that I got in this job and ended up both working out. <laughs> That's amazing. So what yeah. year, so what year were you a, a transfer, a junior? Uh, by the, yeah, I was a junior or I think maybe a second semester sophomore. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I just graduated because that took about two years from finishing high school to getting into USC. Um, so I just finished school and I graduated in 2020. Wow. Did you, were you like a real full-time student or were you kind of, uh, working? I was a, I was a full-time student, but I also had a, a part-time job, uh, on the side doing real estate, mostly retail leasing for restaurants, um, which was what I ended up doing in the end and like the most my last two years of school. So I would like go after restaurants and find spaces for restaurants or fashion companies or things in the retail world. Mm. Um, I was dealing with more entrepreneurs and business owners rather than people looking for like their, their starter home or, or dream home or whatever. And, and so what was, what was the plan? What were you thinking? I didn't really think past like, Hey, I wanted to get into real estate. I wanted to eventually buy, buy a piece of property, um, was really kind of doing that and making connections and finishing school. Again, I only graduated college in 2020. Um, COVID. It was COVID. Yeah. Yeah. We went away for spring break and never, never came back. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I was a senior at that point and right before then, so I'd been working in real estate brokerage now for about two years and in must've been January, right before COVID started that I, um, that my friends and I had this idea to do Bravo toast. It was almost one of those, Hey, I can always go back to real estate. I have a degree in it. I have experience in it. It's not going anywhere, but this like restaurant idea, maybe this is an opportunity and maybe this is something cool that you got to kind of take advantage of the moment. Is, is there a, an interesting, fun, weird or wacky story of how the idea was birthed or was it like a, 
mushroom acid trip <laughs> in the middle of the desert or something like that or no, nothing nothing like that just uh we were just sort of hanging out and talking about business ideas and you know and having some drinks and hanging out and uh really that was kind of the inception of it i mean it, it was pretty organic it was definitely not planned it was a uh, one of those pipe dream kind of experiences where you know just hey let's, let's have an avocado toast shop and from there uh I think even the first day that we were talking about it, I was like, I'm not quitting my job for this. This is not what I was looking for in terms of business. But uh, after sleeping on in, like day after day, the ideas really start to resonate. And it was always just you and your best friend, Nathan Katz. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we had another friend that was a part of it as well, but um, didn't end up seeing it through. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nathan took the thing from start to finish. You know, it's uh, it's tough working with friends. There's, I would yeah. not recommend it to anyone. It can definitely put a strain on the friendship, and it can get complicated. Um, For sure. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it. Me, and Nathan, have something I think unique and special, but and end up working out. But you know, it, it's I could not imagine working with any other friend. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. No, it's, it's and definitely... now and we're, we're I'm fortunate that I get to go to work with my best friend every day. Um, but again, I think that's a rare thing and and not something that uh people realize is really hard to pull off hard yeah to that that's one thing actually that that people who who notice our my medical practice we're we're all we all get along really well so much so that we you know we like hanging out with each other and some of the some of the docs some of the surgeons you know i consider really close friends and and people notice that too and it's it's really rare in business to to be able to have something like that i think so you're really lucky um, where did the name Bravo come from? A friend came up with it on the spot. Uh, just one of our buddies who has, is notorious for coming up with the greatest names for things. Really? Uh, so we brought, we brought in a specialist. Yeah. Do you, do you really have a friend who's great at naming stuff? The best. And, uh, yeah, he's got the best names in town. You, you have a product, you have an idea. He'll come up with a name for you. What else has um, he named? Has he named other stuff? Uh, yeah, tons of stuff. I don't know. I think we might be his his his, his best uh, best thing that's come to market. But um, did you yeah, deliberately no. go to him and say, "Hey, what should we name our business?" Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we didn't know. We had a lot. It was originally going to be called the bite. Actually, it was just going to be a bite of or an avocado toast with a bite missing. Yeah. <laughs> was, um, and yeah, we had a we had a probably list of like ten names, twelve names. None of them we liked really, though. Yeah, and. He, uh, we were like, dude, you need to come over and come up with a name for us. And wow. yeah, we, we, we really kind of chopped it up and brainstormed and it kind of happened in, in a, yeah, in a vacuum. So, you know, we, we, I run this pre-med program for college and post-fact kids who are interested in being doctors. And one of the questions lately I've been asking the students when they're interviewing to be in the program is COVID has been a really crappy time, you know, for everybody but there's been some good stuff out of COVID. So um, for you, that's that's probably definitely the case, right? What what has COVID been for you guys? I mean, it uh, it would definitely been hard being first our first business and the first time kind of in the stage of, of doing business. Um, it was good because the world was really moving slowly, and so as first time entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, it was good that we got to go a little bit slower than than per se the norm, um, as well as our parents would not have supported us doing this business, starting this business. And it took 
excuse me, about 18 months um, from the start to finish or just, just from the idea to, to opening up. Um, but during that time, it was, you know, because of COVID, it was appropriate to not have a job per se or uh, to be working on something that was kind of freelance or, or you know, different because of COVID. And it allowed everything kind of stop. So it allowed us to uh, almost snake through the industry and we got to talk to people we never would have talked to and have opportunities that we never would have had because of COVID. But at the same time, obviously it was challenging at times um, and it came with its own set of challenges, but we felt like the playing field was level, put it that way yeah. um, because of COVID. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it, it is what it is. It's never a good time to start a business. Um, whether it's recession or pandemic, or it could be, could be anything, you know, there's always going to be a reason why not to do something. And, you know, we just said kind of screw it, let's do it. And went for it. You know, texted some friends come for some free avocado toast. And from there we couldn't really stop. It became this like little phenomenon, uh, just with kind of some of the locals in our area. And you guys started in a, I guess it's more of a classic way today, but but you guys kind of started in a pretty atypical way for a restaurant, right? And pr- probably because of COVID to some degree? Yeah. Uh, I mean, today, we were just talking about this recently. If you want, so we had a pop-up uh, is what we did, basically. It's what they're called officially, where you kind of take over a restaurant that maybe that's closed, or if it's only open for dinner, you take, o- you take over during the day uh, because of COVID. Um, one of my dad's restaurants was closed. And so we were able to take it over and run a little basically market test uh, for our product and for our concept. And because there was nothing else open and nothing else new or anything special happening at all, we became the only thing to do that was like, oh, it's not like you look online to see what restaurants were closed permanently, let alone if they were open, let alone if they were new. So we became kind of this... uh, little pandemic pandemic baby pandemic special kind of thing yeah and and then you went east also right you went where we met yeah yeah we got an opportunity to go out to the hamptons where we met raya um again only because of the pandemic would we have gotten an opportunity to take over a little built out little beach shack uh in east hampton and so uh because of and because there was nobody else there and it was middle of July in the summertime when you know usually things are long said and done. And today, if you can't find a place to do a pop-up today, you can't find anywhere that isn't booming. Um, so it was really narrow window for us to kind of start this thing. And then, and then now you've had your, your real sh- uh, boots on the ground, brick and mortar location. Yeah. For about five months, we opened January 2nd. Um, and it's been a great start thus far. We're really excited. I mean, I've learned a lot about food and I mean, I've learned so much about the process, but in general, just the food and what's good for your body, health, what, you know, what, what a restaurant's putting into their stuff. And I think that, uh, because we're, it's kind of a clean slate and we're new to this business. We think of things differently than somebody who's like a veteran in the restaurant business. Um, when it comes to health specifically, I think. You know, we're, we don't, we're not frying things. We're not cooking with any you know, saturated fats and things like that. It's really uh, stuff that we would cook with at home or that you would find in someone's home. You know, it's grass-fed butter. It's olive oils. It's um, nothing with too many ingredients in it, let's put it that way. A lot of raw, natural stuff. And do you guys have, would you say you have kind of a 
a mission or a or a a find your why. What's your you know that someone I like a lot is a guy named Simon Sinek. I don't know if you've ever listened read his books or listened to his uh, TED talks or anything like that. Simon Sinek. Do you, do you know who that is? I don't. Uh... I I definitely recommend that to you guys and our listeners. But one of the things he talks about is finding your why. You know what why you do it. Like he talks about Apple. You know they. They clearly found their why. Do, do you guys have a sense of what your guys' why is or your mission? Or Yeah, we, um, it's definitely something we've talked about. And uh, it isn't just to be a restaurant. It was really about, hey, let's build a place. And we always we chose avocado toast as our, our vehicle for our mission. But the mission is really about, hey, let's build something for this community here um, and do something local and do something that's, in terms of like the the customer base, the clientele, let's let's enhance this community, create an amenity for people, um, and that's really what uh, was our mission initially. We thought avocado toast was a great way to, to for this amenity to to exist and people to come and enjoy it, and you know it's a fun idea. We've become known for it, but it was really about hey, let's build something special here. Let's create an environment for people to hang out, to to come together, uh, be inclusive. And that was really the, that was the mission initially. Uh, we chose avocado toast as a, like I said, a vehicle. You know, it's amazing. I, I don't know about you, both of you guys growing up in New York. Um, at least when I was a kid, I don't think I ever had an avocado as a, as a kid. I, so it's probably just more a little bit of a generational thing. I don't think I really had even guacamole until maybe I was, well into my 20s or something. And I don't know if it's an East Coast thing or just, you know, Mexican food started more on the West Coast. It's a bit of both. It's definitely a generational thing, though. I mean, we uh, I like to joke and say that avocado toast is our generation's cheeseburger. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know that, that's really what it comes down to, I think. And just the same way you have, like, greasers from the 50s eating burgers I think that uh, looking, if they were to film something 50 years from now, they would show our generation eating avocado toast uh, and drinking matchas in a, and depicted in the same way. So I really do yeah. think it's kind of like a, a thing like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've eaten the avocado toast and it really, it, I'm not just saying it, it's probably the best avocado toast I've ever had. It's, it's, it really is phenomenal. That's that's our that's our uh, that's our mission right there. <laughs> yeah. It really is phenomenal. So um, two two more questions. Um, yeah. One is so these days, and and this is just an esoteric weird question. Do you think you actually need a restaurant these days? Because you you had maybe maybe the thing of the future is just doing pop ups and carts and stands and I don't well, have you thought our, about our, that our, ever? We definitely thought about it. But I think that when we said, wait, what's our mission here? And like I, like I was just saying that it was about building a place, place that the food was secondary, you know? Um, so if you have a great place, you know, I think that you can bring in food from, from you know, cloud kitchens, for example, and all that, that those whole concepts, um, you can do a lot with it. But if you want to be something that's going to withstand COVID, withstand things that are you know, recession proof, things like that, you need something that's a bit more than just, hey, here's a box with some food in it. Um, that's why it's called the hospitality industry and not, you know, that's what we think of ourselves in rather than just food service or you know, fast food. 
But I'll tell you, I think the food, at least having had the avocado toast, the food is is definitely enough of a reason to go there. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, gotta have good, gotta have good product. I mean, at the end of the day, but that, it's a balancing act for sure. So, where do you see you and 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 Bravo Toast in three, five, ten years? Only time will tell. Um, we're talking about that now amongst the team. What's what's the next couple of years look like? Uh, right now, we're excited to be opening up uh, all day at our space on uh, Doheny Drive, serving some some mimosas and sangria for the summertime. Can do an alcohol program. I think that's really exciting. An alcohol program for alcoholics? No, not for alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> to quit alcohol? No, I'm no, sorry. no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well. Uh, we're not, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll try to keep it mellow and try to keep it uh, <laughs> tame, but uh, definitely some mimosas, sangria, and some more evening stuff like that. And we'll see. I mean, we're, we're talking about different, different ways, different directions to take the brand right now. Are you going to have live music, you think? Would love to. I think right. that uh, goes back to, you know, our, our vision was to create this focal point of the community there. Um, and we're, discussing doing kind of some more kind of events that isn't even about the avocado toast it's about everybody else's stuff i think that'd be really cool to do and to you know spotlight some other small businesses other young entrepreneurs since doing this we've met so many amazing people who have brands that they've started in the last two years during covid too for the same reasons we have which is like this is an opportunity a time that we're not going to get back and so i'm looking forward to seeing you know helping out some other young entrepreneurs and growing our base like that. I think that could be really cool for the future. I think it would be cool to see Bravo Toast in sporting arenas. I would love that. Airports? Sure. Airports and and like, you know, you go to a ball game and you get a Bravo Toast. And Yeah. Anywhere they sell burgers, I think you could sell avocado toast. It's, is that? Uh, you know. How easy is that? Have, have you, do you have any idea, you know, to get into a yeah. stadium or something? It's uh, they, one of them approached us. I believe it was for SoFi Stadium. This was way before we opened up on uh, on Doheny Drive, but different situations. You know, uh, you can either lease it out or they approach you and it's profit sharing. It just depends. Just depends. Um, yeah, if it's a new stadium, an old stadium. And you said no, or it didn't, or you negotiated and it didn't work out. It was, this was like, it was like the worst spot in the area. It wasn't, it wasn't like it was, you know, a concession stand in the stadium. It was kind of on the side, but they were selling it like it was like, oh, you're going to be the thing at the, at the game. <laughs> right. But it wasn't like in the stadium <laughs> it, when you go and you run. It wasn't, and get... it was like really expensive for us to do it too. And we, we thought we had a great spot that we were, we were focused on, um, yeah, we stayed focused on the, on the spot here, and I think we made the right decision in the long run. Um, cool. But yeah, no, they're out there. They're out there. I have some questions for you too, Dr. Cohen. Okay. All I right. I was telling Ray earlier. All right. Um, since getting involved into food, I've been discovering more and more of this like food counterculture that exists. I wanted to know if you had any experience with this or knew anything about it. Yeah, you'll have to explain a little bit what you mean by a food counterculture. <laughs> what what does that even mean? Like, There's a big big group on the internet, um, and it's and it's going to sound crazy when I tell it to you because I thought it was crazy. But there's people that really believe this stuff, and it is all about kind of an ancestral way of living with when it comes to food. There's a guy called uh, there's a few of these guys out there. One of them is called Raw Meat Experiment. Have you heard of this guy? No. I have not. I, I'm curious to know why he's not dead or why he's not violently sick, but 
he's been eating only raw meat for I think he's on day like 185. <laughs> Isn't that and, called carpaccio or something? No, he's eating like raw everything: chicken, beef, bison, pork, liver, wow, testicles. I mean, you name it. Wow. Raw. Claims he's never felt better. <laughs> That just sounds, uh, you know, I, I haven't even heard of it. So I, I'm, I'm, but that just sounds very gimmicky. That that doesn't sound like well, anything I thought it more was, than a gimmick. I thought it was too, but since you know how social media works, they kind of fall, you fall into an algorithm. Yeah. But uh, there's another guy who's very, very famous as well now called the Liver King, who does the same kind of thing. He's this guy who's muscular guy, huge. Claims that it's. The basis of his diet is raw organs from animals, hmm. and these videos of meeting him, and he's got, and again, there's just big tons of people now, and it's becoming this thing where they're and they're anti-vegetable, <laughs> and it's only raw raw organs. I want to know: is there any truth to this? Is there, that there any way? Is it healthy? Is there's this? Are these guys going to get violently ill someday? <laughs> yeah, you know, and then there's that whole you know bone broth craze that. <laughs> Do you remember that whole thing, the bone broth yeah, yeah. phase? I mean, I, I, I like I mean, these guys are claiming this is what our, our ancestors ate. I, you know, I don't think our ancestors really did that. <laughs> I, I think what our ancestors did were, for the most part, they were uh, gatherers. You know, they would, they would be, you know, living off the, the berries and, the, and the, the wheat and things like that. And then very rarely, occasionally, they would be lucky and have some kind of kill and they would eat, you know, for a short amount of time, they would eat some kind of protein like that. But I think for the most part, they were eating plant protein most of the time. And, and then occasionally when they got lucky, you know, they would have something else to eat. Um, I, I think everything's a fad to some degree. I, I, I don't know if you know this about me. I, I'm someone who's a big fan of being plant-based. I've I joke around with my patients and my family that I've turned into a weird, you know, <laughs> L.A. Californian because growing up I was a big carnivore and and uh, and I've gotten more and more bizarre in terms of eating. But uh, I I I I think it's definitely healthier having more of a plant based diet and then occasionally um, having some other stuff now and then is is really what I kind of advocate but i i don't think i don't think anyone needs to be extreme anything like i i don't think being a pure vegetarian is necessary or a pure vegan uh a plant-based person is necessary um that, that's kind of my long answer that's, to, that's, but, that's, that's probably the right way to do things but. yeah but i do think those guys are going to get sick at some point of some <laughs> weird parasitic infection probably and and get pretty sick they may not die from it but they may get e coli or they may get some tapeworm or ringworm or something like that and or even like weirder stuff and and sure. uh and and get sick they may not die but get sick and and i think eating too much meat and too much animal is definitely bad for you i see i see well, we got to get this guy on here to debate with you because he, he's a strong opinion. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, well the, the I, don't other do, show, I don't do that. But. Have you seen, you know, I tell my patients, you know, who I try to get more plant-based, I tell them to watch Game Changers. Have you seen, have you seen, uh, have you seen that movie on Netflix? I, I saw some of the cows, a Seaspiracy and Cowspiracy. Those I've watched. 
Those are great. Well, those game changers is more entertaining, you know, okay. about about the benefits, the health benefits of being plant based, and and I I think you'd find it fun and entertaining. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And they show Schwarzenegger, and they show someone who's supposedly one of the strongest men in the world is plant based, and so it's interesting. Oh, definitely check it out. Yeah, no, I'm saying I've, I've been learning a lot about food and what uh, I want to learn more. There's so many, there's so many philosophies and so so many different uh, different ways to look at things. Yeah, so. and and the one thing I know. I know for sure is how much we don't know that that's the one thing I know for sure. And, and how much things constantly are changing and evolving. That's the other. Yeah. Tell us before we say goodbye, tell us um, what days are, is Bravo open? What hours are Bravo open? And we are open eight to four and every day, but Monday. Well, Jack, thank you so much for joining us. Bravo toast is amazing. The avocado toast is really really the best I've ever had. And and I consider myself somewhat of a foodie too. So, so thank you. Thank I mean, you. Thanks for being thank a you. guest. It means a lot. And uh, this was fun. Look forward to it. Have me, I would love to be back on sometime. We'll bring Nathan next time. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Thank Thanks. you guys. Bye, Bye guys. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.